From the EPR Creation Studio, this is the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. This episode, we're going to be previewing the Louisville game. It's not going to be a very long episode, but uh, going to go through a few things, a few key points in this game. Before we start, I want to thank EPR Creations. They partner with small businesses for website development and online strategy planning. If you have any online needs, they're the people to talk to. Information's in the show notes. Let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered podcast, and they will give you a bit of a discount. So let's go ahead and get to it. Louisville. This is a team deep in a rebuild after Bobby Petrino did them worse than than Jimbo Fisher did Florida State. And uh, yeah, some wild stuff in that situation. But Scott Satterfield, former coach of Appalachian State, really good coach, very successful at Appalachian at Appalachian State and uh, did uh, got them within four years of of their ascension to the FBS ranks, made them the best team in their in their conference and a team that can compete with power five level programs. So this guy knows how to how to coach a team. He knows how to run a program uh, and they've already shown tremendous improvement culturally and otherwise in year one under Satterfield. Uh, he's got a good staff and we'll talk a little bit about that as we move on. But they still, um, you know, it's a it's a rebuilding program. They still have some some holes, and uh, this is a game that, quite honestly, Florida State should win. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about how that's all gonna go, and um, yeah, we'll go from there. So uh, we'll start with the Louisville offense, and a few things first and foremost is that Satterfield is he's a spread guy in terms of you know formation and all that. He'll use some wide splits and some uh, multiple wide receiver formations. I mean, they'll go four wide and, and spread the field and all that. But really, what he what he wants to do is he wants to build a bully. He wants to, he wants to build a team that's going to go 21 personnel, and they'll move those H-backs around, those tight ends and H-backs around a good bit, and they're going to pound you. Now they'll move them outside. They'll they'll go spread some, but ultimately, what he wants there is he wants to be a team that's going to run. Uh, looking at what they've run the first few weeks, they are outside zone, outside zone, outside zone, outside zone, inside zone. <laughs> They're outside zone heavy with some inside zone, lots of twenty one with H back insert running game. So. Some of the some similarity in the running game in terms of some of the H back stuff, H back lead and all that that that, that uh, Bryles does, but a lot less power. Not going to see a whole lot of pulling. You're going to see guys come off the ball and try to mash in outside zone, creating some seams and some cutback lanes for their backs. And they'll do they'll do that with some read game with the quarterback. They'll run the quarterback. But really, he wants to run the ball. You know, if he could run the ball 50 times a game, he would. That's that's what he does. And again, it's it's spread some spread influence there. They'll they'll do a lot of this out of the pistol, uh, and they're going to include a lot of jet and orbit motion. They'll jet sweep out of out of those same looks. So they'll they'll outside zone to one side with a fake jet on, uh, on going to the other. They'll jet off of that same look and give you the outside zone action off of that. There's going to be a lot of different things that they're going to, they're going to really stress you in terms of your gap integrity because they're going to, they're going to force you to maintain that gap, to fight the pressure 
as you get as you're a defensive lineman, as they block you down, you'd better fight that pressure or there's going to be a seam. And then that back's going to hit that seam. And they've got a couple backs that can play. Uh, and if Jawan Pass plays in this game, he's a guy that, as a as actually called runner, might be a better runner than what Virginia had last week with Perkins. Perkins is probably a better overall scrambler, but Pass is a dynamic runner. And, you know, again, not, not really that great throwing it downfield, but can throw well enough to keep you honest, and I, I actually think he's at least as good of a thrower as, as Perkins. So if pass plays, basically they're gonna they're gonna have they're gonna be playing Virginia again. That's basically what you're playing. But honestly, I think pass might be a little bit better than Perkins overall. And I think the program is just a little bit behind Virginia in terms of its development. But I don't think they're worse up front than Virginia is on the on the offensive line. I think Virginia's backs are maybe a little better. But basically, in terms of offense, you're playing Virginia again. And one of the reasons that I think their offensive line might be as good or better than Virginia's is they've got North Carolina State's old offensive line coach, Dwayne Ledford. And I tell you what, talking to people in the industry and also watching NC State the last few years, he's one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. I actually, and I mentioned uh, earlier this week that I had lunch last week with a with a coach that I really respect in terms of uh, his X's and O's uh, capacity, his his understanding of scheme and understanding of coaching and all that. And he was talking about how it's going to be interesting to see NC State develop this year and how where they go the next couple of years without Ledford because man, he was really really good. And of course, that goes the other way for for Louisville. They're going to be they're going to be solid on the offensive line as long as that guy's there. He's every bit as good as Randy Clements at Florida State, if not better. I mean, he's he is he is a top level offensive line coach, and Satterfield got him there, and they're going to be good on the offensive line. Now, again, they don't have the great they don't have a ton of of talent there right now, but they're still going to be sound, and they're gonna they're going to be. Uh, they're going to do what they do. They're going to be physical because of how well they're coached at that position. Now, that said, they are limited on the outside. They got a couple big receivers. They've got, you know, some slots that can that can move a little bit. But you really should not have concerns about getting beaten deep by this Louisville team. Any more than you had concerns about... Virginia running by you. It's a similar... Again, you're, you're playing Virginia 2.0 in terms of offense. So, you know, and Malik Cunningham, their backup quarterback who played last game as pass was out with a little foot injury. If Cunningham's the guy that plays, and I expect to see him some in this game, whether whether he or pass is the guy, I don't know. I mean, that, anyway. If Cunningham plays, and I expect to see him at least on some drives, even if pass does play, he throws it downfield better than pass, but neither guy is a guy that really. Neither guy is 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 going to be Tre- Trevor Lawrence throwing it downfield on you, and they don't have receivers that are just going to run by you. So, for me, this is a great game to fire zone, and play basically press bail or just straight go uh you know five man five man rush type stuff and cover one man free 
or robber, you know, these sorts of things to, to really get aggressive in the secondary and basically say, we're going to press you and you're going to have to run by us. Or, you know, your standard Michigan State cover eight, uh, which is, you know, your cover four, uh, cover four principles match, match quarters with, uh, with, with press and force them to beat you over the top. Commit to not giving up anything. <laughs> the rule that I would want put in if I were Harlan Barnett and Jim Levitt and the rest of that defensive staff this week is I would basically be telling my guys, I don't want to see a completion under 15 yards by Louisville. If you get beat, it better be 15 yards down the field. <laughs> Which sounds opposite from how you normally coach guys, but that's what they need. You'd better, you if you get beat, it better be 15 plus yards down the field. You better not give up anything easy. Because what they're going to want to do is pound the rock. They're, they, they have a lot of roster holes. They're going to want to hold the ball for, you know, 50 minutes. They want this game to be, you know, eight possessions. You know, Paul Johnson style ball control. And you've got to go ahead and make and force them to actually run it on a full box. Put nine in the box if you have to. But you cannot let this de let this offense just run the ball and chip away and dink and dunk with the with the passing game the way that they did UVA. If they do that this week again with Levitt around and with all that preparation, with the additional preparation, with the, with the position change that they just had with uh, with Warner and Lars Woodby, I I I I'm t I would be pretty much done if if they're just going to let them dink and dunk down the field again, and that's just the way it's going to be. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm basically done with with what they're <laughs> with the defensive guys. It, it, this is the most obvious thing in the world. Press the line of scrimmage. Bring all 11 guys within eight yards of the line of scrimmage and beg them to beat you deep. Make it a 14-possession game. Make it a 15-possession game. If you're going to score, you'd better score quick because you're not going to just run it or dink it, dink and dunk it down the field. Very simple. You, there's just no reason to be afraid of them in terms of, of, of beating you deep. So make them do it. Make them prove that they can do it and make them do it more than once. Make them do it four or five times before you change your approach. Get the ball back to your offense and let them play against the defense. All right, we're going to go ahead and switch over to the defensive side. But before I do that, I want to thank my second sponsor, and that is Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida. If you have any needs for real estate transactions in Jacksonville, Florida or the greater Jacksonville area, Give Lewis a call. He's the best in the business, trained as a photographer and videographer, so he'll make your property look the best of any out there. And if you have any, if you're looking for property, he also, uh, he's as well connected as, as they come in, uh, in Jacksonville and uh, in that area and will outwork everyone to make sure that you get the best property at the best price. So let him know you heard about him from the Unconquered Podcast and uh, he will take extra good care of you. All right, let's go ahead and go to the defense. Now, they run a, it's really a 3-3-5, so they're an odd front, but they really, it's a 3-3-5 with two defensive tackles 
a defensive end, a hybrid outside linebacker, and then a hybrid backer safety. So you've got three true defensive linemen. You've got two true two true outside linebackers or two true uh, two true inside linebackers. Then you've got your hybrid edge, and then the other edge is really a Lars Woodby type, but smaller. So it, uh, the other hybrid edge is actually a, a secondary hybrid. So it's a three three five, and they are pretty aggressive. They are, uh, in again in a lot of ways, it's similar to what Virginia does. They're not as big as Virginia's defense, but they are. They're gonna they're gonna slant a bunch. They're gonna they're gonna one gap you out of that out of that uh, odd front. So they're not gonna they're not gonna do any two gapping. You know they don't have any size really up on that front, where they're they're gonna ask you know somebody to do the Robert Cooper thing and just take you know head up on the center and you've got both a gaps that sort of thing. They're gonna they're gonna try to slant. They're gonna try to. Uh, to do a lot of stunts where they'll they'll slant the defensive lineman, let's say slant the defensive end to the right, and the backer who's stacked behind him now knifes in from the left. They're gonna or, or to the left, the gap to his left. They're gonna try to create some confusion, create movement for your offensive line to have to to deal with. That's what they do. And so that was a problem for Florida State at times against UVA. And unblocked players is really the concern. You have to be sound in your communication as an offensive line. You have to make sure that you're passing guys off correctly. You have to make sure that when that guy is slanting or when he when the stunt comes that you're not losing your leverage. You have to be really disciplined up front to play against that. That's what they do. That said, they're not that big, and their linebackers, their inside backers, I think are going to have some problems both against Akers and against the the RPO stuff and and some of the intermediate uh, intermediate routes over the over the over the uh, over the middle. That's really where Florida State can can have some some success. They're but again they're really quick up front, and you you've got to find a way to get your hands on them. I think if you get your hands on them, they can be bullied. I think they're again they're a little bit smaller. And it's a matter of, of making sure that you know what stunt is coming, that you have some good sense of their tendencies here. And then you get your hands on them, you pass it off correctly, and there can be some seams there. And, I, and they're not very big. And once you, get, once you get that nice seam, again, I think Akers can work against that second level. Secondary-wise, they're pretty good. You know they they've got they've got some players. They got a bunch of those players from the state of Florida that they were able to, to, to get up there. Uh, in Petrino's tenure, and they've got some. They've got a Florida type secondary, so you know they've got players that can play. But again, I think you can find some space in the middle of the field. They're a middle of the field open team, so they play a lot of two safety looks. Quarters, Tampa two, Palms, Palms is a, a two match uh, type defense. They're going to play a lot of that stuff, which is going to give you some opportunities hitting that middle seam. And this is where some of the uh, vertical choice stuff, the slot choice stuff for Florida State, if they're able to run the football a little bit and, and force uh, Louisville to, to get a little bit more aggressive in the secondary, that's where I think this could be a decent game for the slots. This is a game where the slots and the tight ends for Florida State, I think, are going to have a chance to, to, to do some work over the middle of the field. That's what you got to do. 
And before we get to some expectations, I'm going to go ahead and thank my third sponsor, and that is Garage Makeovers. They are the number one garage remodeling company in South Florida. If you have any garage needs, whether that be painting or drywall work, you want to improve your storage, get organized, or you want polyaspartic flooring, which, again, top notch, they do all of it. Give Nathan a call at Garage Makeovers for all your storage and organizational needs. If you live in Palm Beach or Broward County, they're your people. Information in the show notes. All right, so looking at the expectations here, you know, Florida State, this is a game where you need to run the football because I, I do think if you end up in passing downs against what they do up front, you're going to see a lot of rushers come free because of how they twist and, and slant and some of the quickness there. I think that's going to be a problem for some of the guys on Florida State's defensive line or offensive line, that is. I, I think I think they'll find some ways to get pressure on the quarterback if you're not in, in favorable leverage situations. They've got the ability to do that, but I do think you can bully them. I think you can run the football on them, and I think that's the key is being able to win those early downs, particularly in the run game and in the RPO game. I think you can do that against this Louisville team, and I think you can take advantage of, of some of that softness inside. And defensively, I think it's really simple. You play 11 guys within 10 yards or 8 yards of the line of scrimmage and you force them to beat you over the top and don't let them just run the football. And with your personnel, with as big, with as, big as you are inside and with the personnel you've got, there's no reason that they should be able, with a relatively depleted roster, to be able to just run the football on you. There's no reason that that happens, but so far we've seen no evidence that, that Florida State really is going to commit to doing that sort of thing. With Levitt there, with watching teams do this to them three games in a row, you would hope that maybe they they, they take that approach. If they do, I think Florida State wins this game pretty, pretty soundly because I don't think this Louisville team moves the football a bunch on them if, they're, if they commit to basically bringing an extra guy or two into the box because I don't think they'll be able to beat them over the top a bunch. So... For me, I think the offense against this defense should average around six yards per play. That's, you know, about average for for what they've done so far this year. I think they, they can basically continue to do that. The key is can they sustain some drives and, and, and continue to have success after that early onslaught that they seem to be able to put on everybody. And if the defense actually plays more aggressive, I think they can hold this offense under five yards per play. But it's really a matter of will they stay aggressive? And, you know, if, if, they, if they do, then I think we're looking at a 13 or 14 possession game because I think Louisville's going to have a lot of punts. So for me, I think this game winds up I do think Florida State will be a bit more aggressive, not as aggressive as I would like, but I think they'll be a bit more aggressive. And so for me, I put this game at uh, around, I'll say 37 to 24. And I think the odds that Florida State wins this game are about 70%. I think that's about right. Uh, they, this is not a game they should lose. This is If Florida State loses this game, you can pretty much press the panic button for the rest of the year. This is one of the games that they really, they, they ought to win and they have to win. Because they've got, they've got the advantage up front and you're playing against a team that doesn't 
you've got an advantage up front and you're playing against a team that doesn't scare you downfield. This defense shouldn't give up more than, say, 13, 17 points to this offense, but I'm sure they'll find a way. But I think, again, it'll be difficult for, absent some serious turnover issues or some quick change stuff, I think it'll be difficult for, for Louisville to score more than more than 24, even with the way that the defense has uh, has been soft at times. And I think the offense will go over 30. So, I, I, again, I think this is one of those where you put about 70% odds on Florida State to win it. And like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, with 37 to 24 as my final projection. Well, that that'll go ahead and wrap this uh, this show. Once again, I want to thank the patrons above the bleached numbers level. That is Keith Cheney, Casey Kidd, Chris Chartrand, Andrew Garrett, and Bert Bertoldi. If you want in on the post game breakdowns where we go through and look at the X's and O's of each play uh, of each play or most of the plays, I guess uh, during each game uh, after the fact, go ahead and join us over at patreon.com and uh, we will be happy to have you. Once again, thanks to my sponsors. Thanks to those who, those of you who are supporters on Patreon. And also, I've, I've gotten contacted by a few people through social media and otherwise that just learned about this podcast and said, so, oh, this is, you know, really enjoying things. If you, if, if you enjoy this podcast, please let other Florida State fans that you that you uh, that you know, uh, let them know about the podcast because uh, you know I've, I've been doing this now for what six seven years, and uh, there shouldn't be anybody who's online at this point who's in the Florida State community who doesn't know that this podcast is out there. So leave five star reviews on iTunes or uh, Apple Music or whatever you listen uh, listen through as well. But the Apple Music one helps the most, uh, and then uh, let somebody know about it. So. Very grateful for all of your, all of those of you who uh, have supported this podcast, and uh, talk to you again on Saturday after the after the game for the Hot Takes podcast. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. Thanks for listening. I made this. <laughs>